Welcome back to True Crime San Antonio. I am just another San Antonio native, and thank you for tuning in. We've made it to the season finale, part one. Appreciate all of you who stuck with me since day one. This week's episode features the tragic death of baby King Jay, adopted as San Antonio's baby. The cover-up, the lies, deception, and family ties would unravel and make for a sad truth for some. We don't get to choose our family. But first, San Antonio, true crimes this week. After spending nearly four years behind bars, Michael Cruz Arroyo, a San Antonio man, was sentenced on November the 10th after four-year-old Casperi on his lifeless body was found lying next to him on a motel bed while he was passed out drunk back on February the 16th, 2018. Prosecutors argued that the timeline of events didn't add up and that Arroyo consumed a dangerous amount of alcohol after Cash died. Prosecutors said they had a picture Arroyo took on his phone of Cash and planned to say that the boy slipped in the bathtub. However, Arroyo later put clothes back on Cash and told Cash's mother he and his siblings were resting while she took a break from work. He stands before you all, telling you he doesn't remember anything and he was drunk out of his mind, the prosecutor said. We do know the bottle of vodka he bought well after the death of the victim was consumed all by him. Whatever caused this rage, Judge, we read the report and autopsy. It is very clear that there was a lot of rage involved in this case and then a lot of thought of. What do I do in this case and how do I conceal this? The defense called Arroyo's father to the witness stand who said his son had a life filled with abuse and alcohol. How often do we see it where kids in an abusive home grow up to be abusers, said a defense attorney. Kids that grow up in a home where alcohol is rampant grow up to be alcoholics. Pain begets pain. We are asking you all to take that into consideration. In the end, Arroyo accepted the plea bargain of 50 years with the charge of a first-degree felony injury to a child with affirmative finding. He may be eligible for parole after serving at least 25 years. I hope you live with what you did in your head of what you did to cash, screamed one family member through tears. For the rest of your life, for those 50 years, I hope you get tortured, dude. You are sick, Michael. May little Cash Briones rest in peace. And I hope finally, maybe his family can find a little peace now that the sentencing is done. Also, on November the 12th, a 37-year-old man charged in a shooting that claimed the lives of two people and seriously injured another was indicted by a Bear County grand jury. Fernando Rojas was indicted on charges of capital murder and multiple persons of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon in connection with the shooting on August the 3rd in Southeast Bear County. According to Bear County Sheriff's Office, a domestic dispute escalated into a shooting near Loop 1604 and Roddy Road, not far from New Sulphur Springs Road and Calaveras Lake. Killed in the shooting were Serena K. Bain, 28, and Jonathan K. Fan, 38 years old. Joe Austin Buck, 28 years old, was shot twice in the head but survived his injuries. Buck underwent several surgeries for his injuries. He has since suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder, but seems to be in good spirits from an interview he did. 
considering what he's gone through. Rojas fled Bear County after the incident, but was arrested nearly two weeks later in Las Vegas. If he's found guilty of capital murder, he could face life in prison without parole or the death penalty. And lastly, the San Antonio Police Department is searching for a man wanted in an aggravated sexual assault case. Investigators said the man approached two girls on October the 15th on the west side and sexually assaulted them. Further information was not released because the girls are juveniles. The man's identity is unknown at this time, but police released two surveillance images of the man appearing to drive a BMW sedan. I'm going to upload the pictures on Instagram and put a link to the story on my show notes. Anyone with information about him is asked to contact detectives in the SAPD Special Victims Unit at 210-207-2313. They can reference case number SAPD 212-05979. This predator needs to be taken off the streets before he can hurt anyone else. We can't take away the pain from what he did to these girls but they shouldn't have to fear leaving their homes praying not to run into him again on the street. Let's do something about it. Alright. Think we're good. Here we go. Episode 15, Part 1. Warning, this story depicts accounts of violence and adult themes that may be found disturbing and unsuitable for some. Listener discretion is advised. of January the 4th, 2019, a call was made to 911 from a frantic man claiming someone had stolen his vehicle with his eight-month-old baby inside. The baby, who was wearing a blue onesie and had a scratch over his left eye, was left inside a 2014 Dodge Dart with the door unlocked and the engine running. It happened around 7 p.m. at the Friends Food Mart in the 300 block of Enrique Barrera Parkway on the city's inner west side. A woman wearing a light-colored hoodie and tan pants was seen entering the vehicle and driving away while the father was in the store. The father called police moments after the abduction, but as investigators questioned him, they immediately noticed discrepancies in his story. Chief William McManus said that on that Friday night, police believe the father knows the woman who took the baby and that the abduction was planned. The father's story is not adding up, from what we captured on video to what he's saying, McManus said. Investigators said that he drove past the woman who stole the car as he was pulling into the gas station. The woman who walked to the gas station continued to the end of the lot, then circled back to the car before driving it away. By 7.30 p.m. that evening, the vehicle was found near Rodriguez Park, about three and a half miles from the store, but the child was not inside. The keys, the baby's car seat, 
and the baby were missing. Chief McManus said that the mother and father are estranged from one another and that investigators believe the child is in danger because of the way the child went missing. We're asking anyone if they know where that child is or if they have that child to call 911 and turn that baby back into the mother, the chief said. If you don't do that, then you may very well implicate yourself in this kidnapping. The next morning, images of the woman suspected of abducting eight-month-old King Jay were released by officials. San Antonio police say the images were taken in close proximity to where the child was abducted. The two images show the suspect carrying an infant car seat. By that evening, the video of the abduction was also released. Police focused on the father, Christopher Davila, 34 years old, and charged him with child endangerment in connection with the abduction within hours of the incident. He would be released later that day on a $30,000 bond. Chief McManus explained the abductor's actions in the video. As you can see, from her walking up, there is no hesitation, no looking around, no wondering if she's going to get in his car or not. She knows where she is going and what she's doing. He said events in the video were just seconds after the father left the vehicle. We believe right now that the father knows the woman who took the baby. We believe this was a setup, but nonetheless we still have a missing 8 month old. The engine was running and the car door left open. She circled the far end of the lot here, came up and went directly to the car. She hopped onto the driver's seat and took off with the baby in the car. He also noted that the child's family had not offered help, nor was Christopher Davila. They continued to hope that the father would start to be cooperative and the family members would also help, but at that point they were uncooperative, much to the police's dismay. The FBI also stepped in to assist in the investigation, basically volunteering their time and not getting paid, as the government was currently in a shutdown at that time. Davila told police that he was going inside the store to buy water, but a witness said that the man purchased a lotto ticket and a soda. The witness also said that the father was arrested by investigators as they were reviewing the convenience store security camera footage of the incident. McManus said that King Jay was last seen with his grandmother on his father's side, and apparently that's where the father says he was coming from with the child. Investigators believe the child to be in danger because of the way he went missing, and that King Jay's mother was extremely distraught at the news. The mother of the eight-month-old baby King Jay said a search team of relatives and friends found a baby bottle near Rodriguez Park Sunday morning, January the 6th, prompting a large police presence at the West Side Park. I honestly believe it's my baby's bottle, said Jasmine Gonzalez. San Antonio police posted on their Twitter feed at 5.43 p.m. that Sunday that the search for baby King Jay is ongoing and that officials were conducting a more thorough search of the area as part of their investigation. SAPD confirmed a bottle was found, but said it's unknown if it belonged to Baby King Jay. Rumors had started to spread online of a body reportedly found in Rodriguez Park, but that was not the case. Detectives were doing their due diligence in searching everywhere in that park, including the body of water located there, and would continue that search into the next day. Bear County Sheriff's Department deputies and San Antonio Fire Department personnel were also seen assisting San Antonio police. At 4.30 p.m., deputies shut down the park 
and a San Antonio Fire Department crew launched a watercraft into Leon Creek nearby and a Texas Department of Public Safety helicopter searched from above. Police had stated earlier that the parents are estranged and the family had been uncooperative, something that the mother of the boy disputed. Jasmine Gonzalez and other family members adamantly rejected those allegations two days later and chastised the police department. She said that she and the father are engaged and remain together and that family has been searching for the child since Friday. Several family members said no one in the family recognized the woman in the video. Who is that chick? Why did she go inside the vehicle? Obviously she was watching. It's not that they were interacting, Jasmine said. The baby's mother also blasted San Antonio police as they searched the park. The police is saying a whole bunch of bullshit, Jasmine said. That's why I'm disagreeing with them and disputing them and everything. They need to stop fucking putting blame on someone that's innocent and worry about finding my baby. That's what they need to do, she went on. I'm assuming they couldn't do their job, so now the FBI is stepping in. Davila's sister, Cristina Gonzalez, said he loves his kids. They're too focused on my brother, she said on that Sunday. The baby bottle, which prompted the police presence at the park, was decorated with multicolored stars, and a blue lid was found near the park's Leon Creek by Jasmine's stepmother. The family called the police immediately after finding the bottle. By Monday evening, January the 7th, SAPD announced their arrest of a relative suspected of assisting baby King Jay's father in staging the abduction. We can say without a doubt that this was not a car theft. This was not a kidnapping, said Chief McManus during the update. We believe the story of a kidnapping was made up. This was a staged event, as we had said previously. All of it was in part of an elaborate scheme staged by a young father to cover up foul play involving his eight-month-old son. While McManus gave this update, you can see on his face that he was angry and hurt. McManus could not elaborate on the details of what police suspect occurred to the baby at that time, but he said, ask yourself, why would someone concoct such a story? The woman who police believed to be the person who drove the car away? 45-year-old Angie Torres, a cousin to baby King Jay's father, Christopher Davila. She was arrested Monday, January the 7th on an unrelated robbery charge. She was booked into the Bear County Jail on a $50,000 bond. Three women entered a Dollar General store on Castroville Road on the west side of San Antonio around 8.15 p.m. Sunday, January the 6th. A store employee told police she saw one woman, later identified as Torres, take a pack of razors and place it in her purse. The employee confronted Torres, but she said the razors were hers and that she had a receipt inside her car to prove it. According to police, as the employee insisted that Torres pay, she pushed her aside and attempted to punch her in the face. The employee dodged a punch and Torres kicked her in the leg. The other two women pushed the employee against the wall. In the midst of the scuffle, the employee dialed 911. Torres and her two friends drove away, but the employee managed to get the car's description. As police investigated the robbery, they learned that Torres had been interviewed about baby King Jay's disappearance. The sergeant working on the robbery contacted the detectives on the missing child case. After detectives viewed the surveillance video from Dollar General, they believed they recognized Torres. She was arrested that Monday night and charged with aggravated robbery. 
the alleged robbery occurred about two days after Torres allegedly also staged the kidnapping of eight-month-old King Jay Davila on Friday with his father, Chris Davila. Investigators said that Torres was dropped off at an adjacent street just moments before Christopher Davila arrived at the gas station. She then entered the car and drove it to an intersection near Rodriguez Park, where she left the car and walked away with the car seat. Video footage shows her walking down a west side street with the baby seat in her hand. Police also indicated that others might have been involved in the fabrication, as they believe someone dropped Torres off knowing what she was doing. According to court records, Angie Torres was arrested five times in Bear County, mainly in the early 1990s. She's been convicted of burglary, resisting arrest, and theft between $200 and $750. She received probation on all three cases. Chief McManus took a moment during another press conference to address the criticism of police by King Jay's mother, Jasmine Gonzalez, as well as a jailhouse interview done over the phone with the local media station. He spent more time answering media questions than he spent with us or answering our questions, McManus said. Both Jasmine and Davila said police were more concerned with the family than searching for baby King Jay during that jailhouse interview with KSAT TV reporters before he made bail. We understand the anguish and the pain that the mother is going through right now, McManus said, but I think the information that we have just uncovered throughout this day refutes all of the allegations made against the police department in this investigation. The mother had since been cooperative police as they continued their investigation. No Amber Alert was issued for King Jay because the incident did not meet the criteria set by the Texas Department of Public Safety. I believe the reason an Amber Alert was not issued had a lot to do with their video surveillance from that night. If authorities knew from the get-go that it was a setup, there'd be no need for an Amber Alert without more knowledge of what was going on within the family. Investigators said at that point they had obtained details of what occurred from the family, but there was one answer they didn't have, and that was, where is baby King Jay? Five days after the baby was reported missing, and as police released more information every day about the alleged kidnapping, the narratives told by San Antonio Police Department and the family of the missing baby seemed to drift further apart. As the two sides disputed whether the situation was a kidnapping or a plot to cover up foul play, and whether the family was cooperating and the police doing their jobs, the question still remained, where's baby King Jay? The most blatant contradiction lies with the dispute between whether there was ever a kidnapping to begin with. A search warrant was executed at Christopher Davila's parents' home where police presence was seen throughout the night taking pictures of the home and police using dogs to scour the home as well. Also, a potential witness was being sought as she too lived in the home and may have left as to not be in the middle of the chaos. The police at night ended up removing several large bags with unknown contents. After police accused 34-year-old Christopher Davila of faking the kidnapping of his infant son, his father confronted him. Tell me the truth, mijo, Mario Davila Sr. recalled, saying, raising his voice slightly, the baby, mijo. Where is the baby? According to Mario, 
Christopher admitted making a mistake when he left eight-month-old King Jay inside his Dodge Dart with the doors unlocked and the engine running. But the father said Christopher told him the same thing he told police. He has no idea who took his car and the child from the French food mart that Friday evening or where King Jay was. In an interview with the San Antonio Express News, Christopher Davila's parents and his elder sister, Amy Davila Uzuna, spoke about the events taking place within their family. The elderly couple worried about the scrutiny that could hinder their efforts to regain custody of their five great-grandchildren. The children were removed from their home by Child Protective Services the previous year. I don't know where the baby is. If I knew, I would tell them. Only God knows, said 68-year-old Mario Davila. He paused, trying to regain his composure. I wish God would tell me. The Davila family insisted that Christopher is innocent and that authorities have unfairly targeted him because of his tattoos and his past affiliation with San Antonio-based prison gang Tango Orojon. They said Christopher's cousin, Angie Torres, is not the woman who police think is seen in the surveillance video at the corner store taking the car. They think Torres, who is petite, does not match the appearance of the woman. Torres only told police that this was her in the video to take pressure off of her relatives, they said. When asked how they knew Christopher was telling the truth, his mother responded in a barely audible whisper. He's my son, Beatrice said. To kill someone, I don't know. For years, her family says she has battled cancer, which makes her voice soft and raspy. Beatrice was 65 and spent most of her days in her bed in her modest home on the west side. Amy, Christopher's sister, said she understands that investigators are doing their due diligence and that her family will face extra scrutiny in the beginning of the stages of the investigation. It was her daughter, Savannah, then 24 years old and a mother of her own, that the police were looking for and was eventually questioned by police. They look at the family first, but for how long, Amy said. She said she also took a lie detector test administered by detectives and passed. Amy cried when she talked about King Jay and the adorable way he thrashes his legs. He's no fuss and he's always smiling, she said. Her brother, who has five other children and a baby on the way, is a great father, she said, despite his lengthy criminal record. Lupe Sampaio, Christopher's uncle, said he was frustrated that authorities did not initially focus the search for King Jay on Rodriguez Park, where the baby bottle was discovered. He said his family initiated the search, not police. Lupe said police should have searched the area Friday evening when they first found the car. It's only 15 minutes to walk from where the car was found to Rodriguez Park. If they blocked off the area that night, they would have found her, he said. McManus wants Chris bad, Lupe said. We just want to find the baby. The Sampaio Davoli family is large and close-knit, with several generations living under the same roof. Beatriz Davila said she and her husband were caring for King Jay on that Friday evening. Christopher got off of work at a lumber supplier in shirts and stopped by sometime before 7 p.m. to pick up the baby. He told them that he was headed home to his fiancée, Jasmine Gonzalez, on the northeast side. That's when the whole kidnapping story took place. Early Saturday, authorities asked Beatrice to go to the police headquarters to give a statement, the family said. There, she claimed she was pressured to sign papers allowing detectives to search her home. She said she signed it because she felt she had no choice. 
Amy, said detectives, including some from the homicide unit, arrived later that morning. Are you sure my nephew is dead? She recalled asking. On that day, the family said detectives used dogs to search the house. They stopped by again on Wednesday and told Beatrice to convince her son to tell the truth. Since baby King Jay disappeared, many members of the Davila family said they have been inundated by messages on social media from strangers who accused them of hurting King Jay or taking part in his disappearance. They said strangers have released their address and their phone numbers on social media. They often see unfamiliar cars drive by and slow down as they reach the house. Amy said she stayed in bed crying. She was afraid to send her kids to school and worried that their peers might have heard about the missing boy and the suspicions. Beatrice and Mario worry about their five great-grandchildren, who are Savannah's children and Amy's grandchildren. Until sometime last fall, they had custody of them. They said they don't know why the children, who are between the ages of eight months and five years, were removed by CPS, but they said they were working with them to get them back. We won't be around forever, Mario said. This house is for them. I miss them. When asked whether they believe King Jay is still alive, Beatrice paused. I think so, she said quietly. I hope so, her husband added. I don't want any more bad news. Unfortunately, we would all hear bad news. On Thursday, January the 10th, baby King Jay's body was found wrapped in a blanket stuffed inside a backpack and buried in an empty lot on the northeast side. His father was facing charges of tampering with evidence and injury to her child. Police accused members of the family of staging a cover-up to hide King Jay's death from investigators. Arrest affidavits for three suspects lay out in what investigators say happened after the boy died and how police learned the truth. Christopher Davila told police that on January the 3rd, he was playing video games in his room while King Jay's mother, Jasmine Gonzalez, was at work. King Jay was lying in a baby car seat, which was placed on top of the bed in the room. When he sat down on the bed, Davila told police the car seat fell off the bed, sending King Jay crashing to the floor. Davila told police King Jay hit the floor with his face and may have struck the front of the dresser on the way down. When he examined the baby, he saw a large bump over the boy's eye. Davila panicked. Instead of immediately requesting medical assistance, Davila told police he just tried to keep the boy from falling asleep. He checked on the child a few hours later and discovered he had died. He called his mother, Beatrice, and told her what had happened. A witness said they overheard the conversation and later told police Davila had been talking about the baby falling and being injured. A different witness who was staying with Davila at the time told investigators he heard King Jay crying the night of January the 3rd. The next morning, sometime between 9 a.m. and noon, he saw Davila leave the home with King Jay in the car seat. According to the court records, Davila went to his parents' house. When he arrived, the witness who had overheard the phone conversation between Christopher Davila and his mother Beatrice Sampaio greeted him and asked him to see King Jay. Get the fuck back in the house, Davila told the man. The man told police he saw Angie Torres, Davila's cousin, look into the car with a shocked look on her face. The man also told police he saw Davila and Sampaio visibly upset and crying in the driveway. The two hugged, which was unusual because they do not normally hug, according to the man.
According to San Antonio Police Department's narrative, Torres, Sampaio, and Davila then conspired to cover up the boy's death. Investigators questioned Davila, and he had told them that King Jay had been staying with his mother since December 31st, and that he had picked up the child on January 4th to take him to Jasmine Gonzalez's house. But when detectives showed him security cameras footage from the gas station, Davila clammed up and refused to cooperate further. Police arrested him on the charge of endangering a child on January the 5th. Christopher Davila has a lengthy criminal history record show. He's been arrested at least 12 times on various charges dating to 1999 when he was 15. He has been convicted of arson, assault causing bodily injury, possession of a controlled substance under 200 grams, cocaine and Xanax, unauthorized use of a vehicle, and twice her possession of marijuana under two ounces. He was sentenced to five years in prison for the controlled substance charge. For the other convictions, he was sentenced anywhere from 30 days to one year in jail. Davila, who had six children under the age of 12 with three different women, had twice been brought into court for not paying child support. In November of 2013, Davila was jailed for contempt because he owed nearly $26,000 in unpaid child support to the mother of his two oldest sons. A judge ruled that Davila would not be released until he paid the woman at least $5,000. According to court records, Davila has worked at Universal Forest Products, a lumber supplier in shirts. In early 2018, his mother told a person attempting to serve child support documents that her son was in Houston helping with Hurricane Harvey recovery efforts. I doubt there was any truth to that, but I could be wrong. Meanwhile, police say that Angie Torres and Beatrice Sampaio were leaving a false trail of breadcrumbs for investigators. As Davila was making a phone call to 911, Torres was driving the car to Rodriguez Park, where Beatrice Sampaio met her. Torres took the car seat with her and got into Sampaio's car. Torres later told investigators that she and Sampaio drove to the 700 block of South Acme Street where Sampaio dumped the car seat at a donation shed. They drove off, only to return a minute later to retrieve the car seat and leave it three blocks away at Guthrie and Southwest 41st Street. According to the affidavit, security camera video from the area confirms Torres' story. By Wednesday, January the 9th, Angie Torres requested an interview from police from her jail cell and allegedly confessed to the stage kidnapping. Her confession led to the arrests of Beatriz Sampaio and re-arrests of Christopher Davila, who had by that time bailed out of jail. After Davila was released on bond, San Antonio police officers began surveilling him on suspicion that he had tampered with evidence to conceal baby King Jay's death. While surveilling Davila, Officers observed him engaging in behavior consistent with narcotics trafficking. Police officers made contact with the vehicle in which Davila was a passenger, detected the odor of marijuana emanating from the vehicle, and discovered methadone and a firearm in the search of the vehicle. The medical examiner would need time to determine the cause of death, but Davila was charged with injury to a child, concealment of a corpse, possession of a firearm by a felon, and possession with intent to deliver a controlled substance. The trial court said Davila's bond at $500,000 for the charge of injury to a child and $250,000 for each of the three additional charges totaling to $1.25 million. 
During interviews with police Thursday night, Davila confessed to police and agreed to show them where he had buried the boy's body. When Davila's story started to unravel, it's when he broke down, Chief McManus said. His story weakened and he figured he wasn't going to get away with it. According to the affidavit, Davila led investigators to an empty lot near a dead end at Cast Lance and Castle Prince, which is less than a mile away from his home. He led them through the field and pointed to the burial spot. After digging, investigators located a black backpack with what appeared to be an infant's body wrapped in a blanket placed inside. Police then secured an arrest warrant for Davila on the charge of injury to a child by omission because he intentionally and knowingly failed to seek medical attention for the serious injuries King J suffered. Authorities also requested the warrants for Sampaio and Torres. King J's mother, Jasmine Gonzalez, was still under investigation. I will again tell anyone who has any information that your time is running out to come forward and talk to us, McManus said. If you've already lied to us, then we are going to charge you too. Finding King J, however, is not the end of this investigation, he went on. This is not the finish line. In fact, the hard part of the investigation is just beginning. The investigation won't be finished until we can answer exactly how King J died, who knew it, and when they knew it, McManus said. McManus and then newly installed District Attorney Joe Gonzalez said they would continue their investigation and that additional arrests and charges were a possibility. Baby King J's maternal relatives thanked the community and law enforcement during a vigil for him hours after his body was recovered on that Friday. We are honored in knowing that Baby King has touched so many lives and that he has become San Antonio's baby. His cousin Adriana Gomez said to hundreds of people who gathered to pray that the infant be at peace. Last Chance Ministries pastor Jimmy Robles had initially planned that Friday's prayer service at Monterey Park on the west side be one of hope that baby King Jay will be found alive and returned to his family. Adriana was among family members who addressed mourners on that cool, rainy Friday evening. I know that the silence has sparked a lot of confusion about baby King Jay's family not loving him, she said, fighting back the tears. King Jay's grandparents on his mother's side and his older siblings adored him. They enjoyed his smile, which could light up a room. We're part of the percentage that loved him. We really do love him, she said. She also refuted any previous criticisms made by King Jay's mother, Jasmine Gonzalez, who at one point had been upset with police about investigating King Jay's father and his family. We know and we are confident that the authorities are working tirelessly in solving this tragedy, Adriana said crying. I want to thank them for their efforts, as well as the community, for loving baby King since the beginning of all of this. It breaks my heart to know that we will no longer be able to love on him, she said. But I take comfort in knowing that he's in God's hands now, and knowing that no one will ever be able to harm him again. Pastor Robles said that Davila may have panicked because of his criminal past. Sometimes you're afraid that they won't believe you, he said. He urged anyone who accidentally injures their child to call 911 and ask for help, even if they have a criminal record. Like the Bible says, the truth shall set you free. While awaiting her court date, Angie Torres was assaulted on January the 9th by three inmates while in the bathroom of the General Population Unit, according to the Bear County Sheriff's Office. 
Officials said that Torres rejected protective custody when she signed a letter putting her into the general population. After the incident, authorities said Torres signed the letter moving her into protective custody. The three inmates who assaulted her were placed under emergency management intensive supervision and relocated to lockdown. The sheriff's office did not comment on the extent of Torres' injuries. No charges were filed against the inmates who were not identified. In a separate incident two days later, a female inmate admitted to spitting on Beatriz Sampaio as they passed one another. Sampaio is being escorted from her cell in the infirmary where she is being kept because of her medical condition. Sampaio told investigators that she did not want to press charges. The sheriff's office said that Sampaio had signed a letter seeking protective custody after she was arrested on January the 10th. On Friday, February the 1st, close to a month after baby King Jay was gone, the Bear County Medical Examiner's Office released their findings. His death was ruled a homicide and the cause of death was blunt force trauma. The following day, mourners stood near the altar of Christian World Worship Center Church, their heads bowed and their arms raised, surrounding family members of baby King Jay as they prayed. More than 75 people gathered at the church Saturday morning for a memorial service, honoring the infant who was found buried in a backpack. But Jasmine McGill, an advocate who had been working with other members of the family, said that while a handful of adults failed King Jay, many of his relatives are beautiful, beautiful people. Although baby King Jay has quickly become San Antonio's baby, we know that he leaves behind a family that grieves his loss said Kenny Vallespin, a pastor from Summit Christian Center who spoke at the service. Many relatives from King Jay's maternal family, as well as neighbors and family friends, gathered first at the church and then in the field where the body was buried. Before leaving the church, Pastor Paco Garcia called all attendees toward the pulpit, asking them to surround the family with love and prayers. Let them feel your warmth, your closeness, your friendship, he said. In the field near Christopher Davila's home, where King Jay's body was discovered, family members laid bouquets and planted wildflower seeds, hoping to beautify the site of the tragedy. We don't want this to be a place of sorrow and grief, said Pamela Allen, a longtime advocate and co-founder of Eagles Flight Advocacy and Outreach, an organization that provides support and burial service for abandoned infants and children who are victims of deadly abuse. We want this place to bloom. We want to remember him, she said. Four doves were released, one first in honor of King Jay, followed by three more to represent the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But while three flew away together, the first settled on the overpass directly above the discovery site, remaining there without moving while the family gathered below. Members of Riders United for Children and Guardians of the Children Groups of bikers who advocate against child abuse, escorted mourners, helping them across a small creek running through the field, while others picked up trash near the memorial. Brenda Goldenies, a close family friend, thanked neighbors and community members for coming together for the event. While King Jay's burial was private, the ceremony was a chance to mourn and grieve collectively, she said. Before dispersing, they gathered again in the field 
holding hands and forming a circle around the family while Garcia prayed, asking again to surround them with love. Many of the speakers Saturday called on attendees to be voices against child abuse and to speak for other children who, like King Jay, can't speak for themselves. So many kids need a voice, McGill said. We can change the fate of so many other kids. That's where we end our story today. Part two will be available within a couple days, hopefully. Might be a week. I'm just one man. I tried to get all this in one episode, but there was just too much information to exclude. I think it's all relevant and it all needs to be put out there. Part two dives into the family background, protection of King Jay's siblings, and the fate of those responsible for baby King Jay's death. I hope you'll be with us. If you're a fan of the show, show your love with a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help us grow. Let me know your thoughts on Instagram at True Crime San Antonio. Love to hear from you. Truly. This has been True Crime San Antonio, and I am just another San Antonio native, hoping to see us through. Take care.